Today's shir begins 12 lines from the bottom of Daf Yud Ches. Before we begin the actual Gemara, we glance at the side where one of the special features of Gemara markings, Shas Ozer, you see a topic heading, the No Say, where we've written, Lamros She'en Shvua Cholo Al Shvua, even though we established in our previous year that a second Shvua cannot be superimposed on a first Shvua, Im Nishal Al if he absolved himself from the first vow, Shnia Chola Olov, the second vow then kicks in. It then takes hold. The Gemara. Shvua shelo ochal, shvua shelo ochal. Person swore twice. Uh, I'm, he's, uh, he, he takes an oath, he's not going to eat. And then he repeats it. An oath, I'm not going to eat. And then he eats. Eino chayov elo achas. We saw that in the Mishnah that he's guilty of only one shvua violation. On the surface, it would seem that there is no second shvua. And when no second, when we say that, it, again, on the surface, it would appear it just doesn't exist. It never took hold. Omar Rava. So Rava reveals to us that that thinking is erroneous. Imnishal al harishona. If he sought the absolution of the oath through a Torah sage, the absolution of the first vow, uh, I should say the first oath, Shniya Chala Alav. The second oath takes hold. And the result of that would be that if he goes ahead and eats, he will be guilty of having violated an oath. And part of that involves the obligation then to bring a sacrifice for atonement. Mimai, how does Rava know this? Answer, Midolo Kotani, from the fact that the phrasing of the Mishnah was not Chayavachas. Inami, Eino, Eloachas. Neither of those expressions appear. Those expressions would have led us to believe, like we thought initially, that there's only one vow altogether. Vikotoni, but what does the Mishnah actually say? Eino, Chayov, Eloachas. The person who had taken the, we'll say, that double vow. He's chayef for only one of them. So what does that connote? Revacha who the less law. There isn't any room for the second vow to manifest itself. Ki Mitchell al chaverto chaylo. However, when he rescinds the first one, Mitchell word sheila or sheilas chocham. Nishal we saw before when he approaches a sage for the absolution of the first. Uh, oath, then the second one chaylom takes hold. Lishno achrina, another version of uh, Rava's point. Chiyuva hu deleka hashvo ika. In commenting on the Mishnah, the observation is made that there isn't any guilt for the second oath. In other words, if he had sworn not to eat and he then eats he'd be guilty only of violating one vow 
but there is a second vow present. If you're saying that he's not guilty of violating the second vow, so what practical application is there in stating that it exists? The This observation is necessary for Rava's teaching, namely, Nishal al Horishona also lo tachteha. That if the second of the first vow is absolved, the second one takes over, and he is still bound by whatever he had sworn. Can we say that the following Tanaic source supports that? What does it say? Person who had sworn to observe two Nazirus and he counted the uh, 30-day requirement for the first Nazirus, and he set aside the required sacrifices uh, that characterize the end of a Nazirus period, and then he uh, sought absolution from that Nazirus period, also the second Nazirus that he had taken upon himself fills the void left by the absolved first Nazirus. So what do we see from here? That by um, having the the first one rescinded, so the second one can then take over. That you see here in a Tanaic source. The Gemara says, no, in this Tanaic source, you don't see a support for Rava's teaching. Because the Tanaic source is talking about a case, Kigon Shekibel Olov Shtei Nazirus Bevas Achas. He had accepted two Nazarite periods simultaneously. In other words, not that he said Hareini Nozir Vehareini Nozir, but he said Hareini Shtei Nazirios. That in one phrase he immediately obligated himself to two Nazirus periods. However, if there is a sequence in the acceptance, then upon seeking absolution from the first, uh, I would not say that the second one is there to take and to take over and fill the void. When, let us take a look at the Ran, second line from the bottom of the Ran commentary. Vidochi, kegon In this Tanaic source, we were speaking about someone that accepted two Nazarite ship periods simultaneously. And therefore, when he absolves himself from the first one, the second one fills the void. Because at the moment that he vowed, both were fit to set in. In the case of Shvua Shaloi Oichal, and then he said again, Shvua Shaloi Oichal. Since the second Shvua did not um, take hold at that moment when he uttered it, when it left his lips, when he rescinds the first one, the second one doesn't kick in. Meaning, the second one never existed to begin with. That's as far as if you were trying to support 
uh, Rava's halacha, uh, Rava's uh, teaching from this source, you couldn't do so successfully. We now continue with the Mishnah at the top of Omid base. You might want to note that this Mishnah covers most of the Omid. On the side of the Gemara, we have a Mivneh, a structural note. We've uh, marked this uh, Mishnah quite extensively. The triangle will highlight the expression Hare Olai, where a person is accepting upon himself some type of uh, vow. Uh, and the double underline uh, explains what, or highlights what he says. So you have Hare Olai, uh, it's whatever follows. Rishima Shel Dvarim, we've noted on the side of the Gemara under our Mivneh note, that we have a list of things, She'enam Brurim Me'alehem, they're not self-evident. V'nitan L'farshom Kach O Kach, and one could explain them this way or that way. When you're dealing with vows, we have to know, is the person obligating himself to something or not? And diamonds will be used to highlight the expressions Stam Truma, later in the Mishnah, and you'll see, and Stam Haromim. Stam meaning something that's, that's not defined, not uh, specified. The Mishnah. Stam Nedorim Lahachmir Upirusham Lahokel. Rashi has two approaches to this. Let us take a look at the first approach seen in the Rashi. Stam Nedorim, the Eino Yodea Be'ezinin Nodar. A person doesn't know exactly what he vowed. Lahachmir. Dazlinon Lechumra. Viamrinon Alkol Dover Hanodur Nodar. We will say that in vowing, he had intended to uh, make a vow on something that one prohibits through vowing. Upirushan, aval i meforish vomer de bedover isur nodar lahokel, dahochi hu de kaomar. We will believe him if he says that my vow entailed something that was previously prohibited. Previously prohibited meaning something that was prohibited without it being prohibited through a vow. We look at the run. You see the run on the fourth line from the top at the Mishnah commentary. Someone took a vow. And based on what we hear, you could interpret it either with restriction or with leniency. As long as the individual did not explain, we will on our we will explain in such a way that will lead to restriction. The Ran continues. If afterwards, after he said, we'll say a vague expression, he then explained and says Lakachnis Kavanti that this and this was my intention. will rely on what he says, even though the result will be leniency. The entire Mishnah, until the case of Noda Becherim, we'll explain, will show how you can have a case of the, the unqualified statement results in a stringency, in a restriction. 
Nodar Becherim Ve'elich Mephorish Ketzad Pirushon Lahokel. The uh, this is a reference to the Mishnah on Daf Chof Amen Aleph. Uh, there, the Mishnah will elaborate on how you see uh, Pirushon, the explanation, in, in the direction of leniency. So the, the uh, Mishnah goes on and says, Ketzad. We'll read one more phrase in the Mishnah and then also look at the Ran commentary. Omar Hare Olai Kibisar Moliach Kiyayin Nesach. A person said regarding some neutral item, a piece of bread, he says, I, the bread is upon me like salted meat or like uh, like wine that's poured. In Bishel Shomayim Nodar also, if he vowed <coughs> regarding the salted meat, he referred to uh, the meat of sacrifices that is salted. That's called uh, something that's heaven, heavenly uh, related, then the vow is a, is a formal, regular vow. Also, and the bread that was compared to this sacrificial meat will be also, you cannot eat the bread. You compared it to Basar uh, of Shomayim. Im b'shel nodar mutar. If his reference to the salted meat was meat that is that one offers to an idol that's idolatry idolatry is not something that is also as a result of your making it such but rather it's an iser that the torah uh, imposes on the item so then mutter then the vow is not a and it's not a uh, vow that will be binding because you compared the piece of bread to idolatry Ve'im stam oser, and if he did not explain, so the bread will be oser. The Ran uh, says, "Ketzad areolai kibesar maliyah v'yayinesah klomar." Ketzad korui stam nedorim. What's an example of stam nedorim? Oimu kibesar maliyah v'yayinesah. The mashma shel shemayim. It sounds. It has the possible meaning of something that is offered to heaven. Why is a sacrifice called by the term Because the Pesach says, I'll call Korbon Chotak with Melach. On all your sacrifices, you're supposed to include salt. However, So it also implies, or can mean, something that is idolatrous. Uh, meat, uh, animals that are offered to idols. This is an example of stam, unspecified vowing. Once again, if a person says, it's unclear. Had he specified I am accepting upon myself this bread to be like Basar Maliach of Shomayim. So the bread will be also. If he specified, I'm, I'm accepting upon myself this bread to be like Basar Maliach that's offered to idols. The bread will not be also. V'im stam, if the person didn't specify which Basar Maliach, he just said, Harei Olai Ke Basar Maliach, 
then the bread that's com- that's being compared to the basamalich will be also harayshes stam nedorim lachmer. So with this we demonstrate what stam nedorim lachmer means. We continue in the Mishnah. Haray olai kecherem. A person uses that expression. So im kecherem shel shamayim aser. Kecherem is a is a um, a term that has to do with dedicating things. So if he spelled out and said, I am accepting upon myself this whatever item, whatever neutral item he had in mind, the piece of bread should be upon me like Cherim of Shomayim. That means like something one dedicates to the Beis Hamikdash. So a dedication to the Beis Hamikdash is something that you made, Usher. So that the vow will take hold also. So the bread now, being that you compared it to Cherim Shel Shamayim, the bread is something you will not be able to eat. If you're, if you spelled out that the bread is upon me like the Cherim of Kohanim, Cherim of Kohanim is a reference to uh, items that one, let's say, dedicates or donates to the Kahuna. That is not considered a dovor hanodor, and therefore mutter the vow will not take hold. Ve'im stam if he simply said harei olai kecherem oser, so the item will be restricted. Harei olai kemaiser im kemaiser behema nodar oser. Meiser is a tithe; it's a tenth. But what's he referring to? So if he spelled out that I am accepting upon myself this bread to be like Meiser Behema. Meiser Behema is a tenth of animal births on any given year. They are counted out and each tenth animal of that year's births is set aside and brought as a sacrifice. So it's an example of a korban. Therefore, the vow takes hold. You com- you're comparing the neutral item, the loaf of bread, to a korban, and that makes the bread oser. Vim shel goren mutter. If it's uh, goren is a reference to a granary, so it's a tithe of grains. The the famous or the standard maestris that we refer to. So if he's saying that the bread is upon me like maeser of tavua of grains, that's not a dover hanodor. It's Considered a dover oser, and hence mutter means the vow does not take hold. Vim stam, if he didn't specify, oser. Hareolai kitruma. Im kitrumas halishka nodar oser. If he said that, he said, the bread is upon me like trumas halishka. Trumas halishka is a reference to uh, monies or items that are donated to the temple treasury, to the base of this treasury. So when you specify something for the temple treasury, that item becomes usher. You're making it usher. So that's called a dover hanodur. And therefore, when I parallel the bread or the apple or the orange or whatever to trumas halishka, the vow has been made in the uh, uh, standard vow form and it takes hold. The im shell gurren, if he's a, referring to the truma tithe that one separates at the granary, mutter, that's not an example of a dover ha'oser. Hence, the 
the vow does not take hold. The imstam, if he didn't explain which kind of truma, then oser divrei rebbe meir. Regarding uh, truma and and cherem, there's now another approach. Rabbi Yehuda Omer, stam truma, the unqualified truma, according to Rabbi Meir, unqualified truma will lead us to um, say that the netter is restrictive, and automatically we will be restrictive. However, Quintributa, Stam Truma, Yehuda Asura, in the Yehuda region, it's Asur, but Golil Mutter, if you're in the northern part of Israel, and someone said, let us say, regarding a piece of bread, that this bread is upon me like Truma, and you live there in the Golil region, the vow will not take hold. She'ein anshi anshe golil makirin es trumas halishka. They live in the northern part of Israel. They're far away from Jerusalem. They're not accustomed or they're not familiar with temple dedications uh, to the to the temple treasury. So uh, certainly when they use the word truma, they don't associate it with the trumas halishka. Therefore, it's a vow. It's a uh, in golil vow be referring to the grain tithe of truma and that's not a that does not constitute a vow stam haromim the use of the word cherem without qualification biyhuda mutarm here there's a leniency with regard to the yehuda region begolil asurim sheinan she golil makirin es cherme hakayhanem in the golil region when they use the term cherem, they are clearly referring to cherem of the Beis Hamikdash, a dedication to the Beis Hamikdash, and that's a dover hanodur, and hence uh, the nether will take hold, as opposed to in in Yehuda, when they uh, when the when cherem is spoken of, being that Yehuda is in the area of the Beis Hamikdash and there was a concentration of kohanim around the Beis Hamikdash. The word cherem is associated automatically with a dedication to the kahuna, and therefore the vow will not take hold. The Gemara asks, "V'hotnan sofek nizirus lahokel." Nizirus is a form of neder. Above, we spoke about. A stam neder, an unqualified uh, neder, the use of a term in an unqualified fashion within the dorum, we said we will automatically be machmir, we will be restrictive. Here we have the equivalent of a sofek nezirus, there's an element of doubt. Uh, that could be in a case where a person said, let us, let's use an example, an example that you see in the Mephorshim. person says, I will be a Nazir if that fellow coming in my direction is himself a Nazir. And the, the gentleman never comes my way. So I never see, I never discover whether or not he was a Nazir. So, it's a suffix. There's an element of doubt. And the Tanaic source quoted here by the Gemara says, we are lenient. The Gemara answers, and you'll note that it's a we have a long answer marking. In addition to that, we have a trapezoid or volcano shape on the side of the Gemara. Under the Nosei Mivne heading, we note that this is a discussion 
uh, and this marking will continue to Yud Tesam and Beis, which certainly is an amount of Gemara that we're not going to uh, cover in today's year. We're just starting this discussion. So um, we've written in our note that the tri- this uh, uh, trapezoid highlights the expression Lo Kashia. They are chuvos. They are responses. The Mishnah Senu Kotoni Stam Lahachmir. In our Mishnah, we spoke about the unqualified neder as leading to restriction. Kotoni Nazirus And in the opening source of the Gemara, we saw that a, a doubt surrounding Nazirus will lead us to say no restriction. The Gemara. Omar Rabbi Zera, lo kashya. There is no uh, contradiction, no difficulty. Ha Rabbi Lazar, ha Rabbanan. We are simply seeing two different schools of Tanaic thought. Desanya, we have a Tanaic source in which the two opinions will appear. And um, the source describes someone who sanctifies, who dedicates to the Beis HaMikdosh, all of his chayas and his behemoths. Chayas are undomesticated animals, and behemoths are the domesticated variety of animal. He dedicates all of his animals to the base image. He mentions his chayos and his behemoths. Does that include the sanctification of a creature that he possesses known as a koi? A koi, different explanations throughout regarding what exactly it is, but one thing uh, for our purposes, there is a uh, we'll say there's an element of, of uncertainty surrounding the koi. Is it a behema? Is it, is it classified as a behema? Or is it classified as a chaya? Uh, in general, there are a, a series of halachas in which you see a distinction between, or in which a dis- distinctions are made between chayas and behemas. Uh, just one example of, of, of several and that is the halacha requiring the covering of the blood when a, once a creature is slaughtered. The, that halacha, called kisui hadam, the necessity of having the blood covered, applies only to, in addition to uh, fowl, it applies only to chayos, to the undomesticated variety. The slaughtering of a cow, for example, does not necessitate the covering of the blood. What happens if one slaughters a koi? So, that, of course, relates to the issue of is it a behema or is it a chaya? That is all by way of general background. Now, let's look at a Tanaic source. Hamaktish chaysoy vehemto. He sanctifies his chayos and his behemos. And, we add, um, he owns a koi as well. The Tanakama says Hiktish is a koi. The koi is also sanctified. Rebbe Lozer Oimer Loi Hiktish es a koi. The koi is not sanctified. Man de Omar Momoino Imayo Lisfeka According to the Tanakama that a person is willing to have his possessions, his monetary matters be part of the doubt in this case the momon is a reference to the koi 
And the koi enters uh, the realm of doubt. And as a result of entering the realm of doubt, either it's a behema or it's a chaya, and he sanctified both of them, so the koi also is sanctified. Rebbe Lazar Omer Lo, let me, uh, in the Gemara, so we saw that the Tanakama, who said that a person has his momon entering the realm of doubt, and then is therefore, is therefore subject to the above-mentioned stringency, Gufe Nami Mayo, when it comes to himself, his body, he will also uh, subject himself to the doubt, and as a result of that, that's the, uh, we'll say, the, the, the intention of our Mishnah of Stam Nedorim Lahachmir. If, if, there's an el- if there's any element of doubt, we will be restrictive. However, Man Diomar Momoinu Lomayel Isfeka, a person who says that even his money matters, if there's an element of doubt, the, that example of doubt will not enter the vow, the sanctification. In other words, when one sanctifies things, he sanctifies only that which is certain, either certainly a behema or certainly a chaya. Something that's doubtful doesn't enter the picture. So, that's Rebel Ozer's opinion. We continue at the top of Yutesim Aleph. Kol shekein de lomayel l'sveika. All the more so, or I, let me read that again. Gufe kol shekein lomayel l'sveika. So one who says that momona lomayel l'sveika, when it comes to his own body, which is the case of observing the zirus, he, he himself restricts himself he uh, Nazirus restricts him, his own his own self, from consuming wine and wine products. All the more so, will not enter the realm of doubt. So that if a person accepts upon himself Nazirus, he's only accepting Nazirus when the circumstances are of, of of clarity, of certainty, not where there is an element of doubt. So with that, you can see we've. Uh, at this point in the world, we've re- re- resolved what seems to have been a contradiction between our Mishnah and the second source. And we point out then that the opinion of restrictiveness in the, in the uh, face of doubt, that represents the Chachomim, the source that indicates when confronted with doubt, we are lenient, that represents the opinion of Rebbe Elazar. With that, we conclude our shiur for today.